Eternal Dirtles is a podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and supporters like you. Come to our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and support us. Thanks. Y'all know me, Phil B, Eternal Dirtles Legacy. Hated by these net decks, banless, and those Hasbros, Wasi. Nate G, real OG. Arklet and Mavericky. Cradled out the Heron's host, so gives no f about Lily V. Zach C, Berserker Dude. Pulls the rug on your attitude. Days then waste trick, flip this Delva. Swing for three with some altitude. Got bruise? We do. Metagame breakdown info too. Listen up, cause here's the show where we stack our decks like spicy news. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me, as always, Phil Blackman and Nathan Gullia. The whole gang's here. Here we are. For... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're... Oh, yeah. Oh, we're yeah. in. Let's go. Got everybody together here. Um, yeah, so uh, this episode is uh, it's sort of a precursor to uh, our much larger... We're going to do a full set review once uh, uh, Modern Horizons is fully spoiled. But um, each of us has been a little excited about uh, a particular card or two, so we're going to each choose a card and talk about it. But first, I just wanted to talk about my impressions of the set so far, your guys' impressions of the set. Um, I, I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. This is, like, really cool. There's a lot of power here. Yeah, and I've been sort of surprised by how sort of... So, like, some people have, have, have had that opinion. Other people have said, like, they're not impressed, which I've been just shocked by. I think that you know it's it's healthy to be a, to be a wait and see person, but boy, there's just a lot going on in a lot of these cards and some really interesting designs that are gonna are are not just like obviously gonna slot into something immediately. And I think that, but I think the raw power level, like you said, is just is is. I think what we would expect, right? Yeah, I think the reason that people are less hyped about how good this set is versus uh, previous ones is pretty much. Because it came off the heels of War of the Spark spoiler season. And War of the Spark being something that's already shaken up all of the formats that exist. While also having like the most insane spoiler story sequencing. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, So it's like when you just had the format entirely shaken up and people are still trying to figure it out. And then you have a new spoiler season where it's just like, here are all these sweet, awesome, good cards. It, it doesn't have the same impact if it had followed, you know, Ixalan. The, <laughs> the boy who cried Planeswalker, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's probably, you know, to, true to an extent because war seems so powerful, or is, I would say, not seen, but is. And the thing about war was that a lot of the cards went into decks and, and you know, sort of reshaped existing decks, uh, you know, with blue Planeswalkers or, like, a stompy Planeswalker, like Karn. Uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist, which uh, this whole show was going to be me bragging about how I was right and you guys are wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, instead, we decided to do this once once Modern Horizons really sort of start, started to take shape. But yeah, I think that's, you, you know, this is the most unsettled I've seen Legacy, I want to say, since I've been playing again. Um, yeah, it's and... like, do you even buy new cards? Because there's about to be new cards to come out. So like, do you do you buy new cards for a new deck or do you wait like that's a lot 
There's so I much mean, going I've, on. I've definitely already bought the stuff for Narset Days I'm doing. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I've been playing the Karn decks and having a lot of fun with that. I think Karn might be the... I, I have Karns that I, like, ordered specifically. And then, um, like, I picked up some, you know, other cards from War of the Spark just that were, like, sitting on the counter. Um, but, like, yeah, I haven't, like, done it. I haven't done a ton with War of the Spark yet. And then here comes Modern Horizons on June 14th, which is my birthday, by the way. Oh. Um, yeah, good present. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it's so much. To, I, the thing is, like, Grand Prix Atlanta, I guess, would be the next really big legacy tournament. There's going to be some other mid-sized tournaments before that in July. Um, but, like, people are saying, I'm going to practice this for Atlanta. I'm like, how could you even say that? <laughs> like, Atlanta might as well be in, like, 2022, you know, by the time we get through processing and just moving through all the cards on the yeah, different tiers. From, it's going to feel like a million years set. from now, for sure, because it's, so much is going to happen. I mean, I, I was saying this before when we when we heard about uh, Modern Horizons. I, I think you're going to get, like, what would be the equivalent of, like, four years worth of standard sets in, in one set of playables. For Legacy, man. Yeah, for, le- for, like for Legacy, correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... And the, the, there's also just, like, the uh, essentially, like, functional reprints of, like, powerful things just as dudes, right? It's like, yeah. oh, let's put Engineered Plague on a guy, and now, you know, that could be main deckable, I guess, whereas... We could do a Plague show was... on that card, and yeah. that's not even... That's, like, number 20. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um... So yeah, let's uh, I mean, yeah, we've covered that we definitely think this is is going to be powerful for sure. Um, but let's uh, so we've each picked a card, right? Um, and yep. we're gonna kind of break that down uh, like we did on on the big uh, War the Spark show. But uh, you know, just just for this episode, we've each picked one card that we're we're gonna talk about. And we're gonna do the rest of them when the whole spoilers out. Yep. And we'll organize it. We'll be the, those cards minus these three. Because so, it's gonna be it's gonna be about the same length, so we figured we might as well get the jump. And Zach, you should go first because I of all the cards that I thought you would pick, this was not on my radar. <laughs> I mean, other cards. I was gonna today. I was gonna pick this card until you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other cards were spoiled today that I would have talked about instead, but I have a lot to say about this card because I, I I just dig it and it changes it changes some things. Uh, I think uh, uh, our listeners know about me. Um, yeah. so, uh, the card I chose is, uh, Bizarre Trades Mage. Um, okay. so that is a, uh, two and a blue for a flying three, four that reads, uh, when this card comes into play, draw two and discard three. Yeah. So it's literally a bizarre Baghdad opera, uh, operation, yeah, uh, activation on a three mana, f- three, four, three, four, flyer. four. So first so off. What- this is like for it, it gets out of bolt bolt range. When I first read this card, I didn't even read the power and toughness. I was just like, "Oh, this is a very dumb one-one flyer." And then I looked at the power and toughness <laughs> and was like, oh, "Okay, this card has a lot of cool things going on with it. One, being able to like fix your fix your hand when you throw this down on the board. I mean, yeah, drawing two and discarding three not always great unless you have reasons to do that, right? Um." And I'll get more into that in a second. But um, this evokes uh, the old Sea Stompy deck to me. Like, yeah. The, it's, it, and that's a Chalice deck. So, like, now I'm, like, thinking, man, do I get, like, City of Traders and Chalices and try, like, a mono blue, like, you know, Sea Drake, Serendibifreet, 
uh, this guy, you know, style like Chalice deck that just like, you know, does does the this red thing. prison thing, but it does it in blue. So you have access to force of will, you know, obviously not yeah. gonna play brainstorm or ponder here, but you know, there's, there's a, you know, th- there's just a lot to be said for a, a card that doesn't, uh, that doesn't die a lightning bolt. Uh, and allows you to play Chalice on turn one and follow this up on turn two, or even play this on turn one with, say, like Lotus Petal or something like that, and just draw into like whatever you're going to do next. Just a quick sidebar on Chalice. <laughs> Chalice is the card that gets more, that gets the most benefit of just more cards being printed because all of the design seems to go in this space where like power creep is going to have to exist for the game to continue at a, to a certain degree. And Chalice is just forever going to get better. And the the world of Chalice decks are eventually going to hit the threshold like uh, Mono Red Stompy did, where they just printed so many good cards that you can no longer play bad cards. Yeah. Yeah. And that's annoying. Um, because... So... Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Well, here's well, the thing. Is... This thing is great with Sea Drake, by the way. Yeah, You just return right? those lands to your hand and then discard them the next turn. For... Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, also I mean, like you know so you've got you've got that strategy for sure. Then you've got cards that, like you want in your graveyard. Like Arclight Phoenix is a card that like you want in your graveyard initially. So maybe you play a deck that like sort of uses this as just another beater, you know? Or like Vengevine. There's so much going yeah. on with this card. There's so many cool utilities with it. I just dig I just dig a lot of a lot of stuff about this card. Um you know, you don't have to go full chalice on this. You can switch it up and play the Arclight Phoenix style deck. And this is just another beater in the deck that facilitates that. Um, I don't know, man. I really like this card. I think it's really cool. It's good design. Um, and it, and it's it's obviously pushed just enough that people are going to want to play it. I'm pretty sure well, Nate just wants to go uh, <laughs> cast this guy and then put three Root Wallas into play, right? Well, that's what I was going to say. That Benchmine actually think is better for this. This is actually it, – it, it's one of those things with, like, Bizarre – so, like, Bizarre doesn't count as a creature to cast that turn, right? Now, Bizarre's great for other reasons, but, like, this is a creature, so that's one creature. So all you have to do is is get another free cast creature off this thing, either a Root Walla or a Hollow One after you discard three cards. Yeah, and then it's the a perfect number for back, Hollow like, automatically. One. Yeah, exactly, it's perfect. So I think that's great. I mean, you know, it, it's very... This card is actually really similar to the one that we're going to... I don't want to talk about, but, um, but you know, I think that... If, unless you've played, if you've ever played with Bizarre, whether you've done like Proxy Vintage or played online or something, like Bizarre is so busted, and you're kind of like, huh? I mean, it's so many cards moving around. It's five. It's five cards moving around. One thing that I think we'll talk a lot about today is zone changes, or de- definitely we'll have to review. Um, uh, on so many insane plays when they did the War of the Spark review, they talked about a way to evaluate cards where you like evaluate how many cards change zones as a result of this card, you know, resolving. And you're, t- you're looking at a card that goes from your hand to the board, and then two cards go from your library to hand, and three cards go from your hand to your graveyard. Like, that's a lot of zone Six cards, yeah. Cards. Six yeah. zone changes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, there's there's so much going on here. I I, I think that I, I was surprised. I thought you were going to say that, you know, as an alternate threat for Rug, because this helps you hit threshold. It does like, help you hit at, threshold as well. Look yeah. at the, like, the little random things that this does. You just pitch, like, a dead daze or something to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe not Rug Delver or Canadian Threshold as we know it, but like some sort of deck that 
wants to accumulate just accumulate raw cards in its graveyard or pitch a you know like we had chase on the other day we pitching a punishing fire or a life in the loam all those things putting stuff in the graveyard is like barely a cost in legacy at this point like um so yeah no you you read this card and you immediately think what do i want to put in the graveyard like you don't go ah man i'm gonna lose three cards you go yeah you you go i'm gonna put some stuff in the graveyard that's gonna make this broken yeah um draw before you discard you know also so uh, you get some selection out of it so no i i I, mentioned flashback spells jeez i mean the possibilities are endless here accumulated knowledge and just recoup all the card advantage yeah Yeah, i just see but yeah i think that you know it it, like i said there's so much going like we were when we talked about war and we got to that like ashiok level right where it's like this card would probably be played like if it was the only planeswalker in this set but it's not, and it, and this is sort of in that same realm where it's like it's not you know, it's not the only crazy push under the battlefield trigger in this set, you know. Yeah. So it's gonna take a while for people to get down the line and find it, but um, but I'm I'm excited. Uh, okay, let's let's switch up to to a new card. All right, Phil, what's your card? My card is Urza, Lord High Artificer. Priest right. Mark Urza. Okay. So it's pre-spark Urza, it's two blue blue for a one four. When it ETBs you make a Karnstruct. <laughs> that's a zero zero <laughs> that's a zero zero artifact creature that gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. And then it says tap an artifact you control to add blue. And then it has five mana temporal aperture. Or mind's desire, which is shuffle your library, build a top card, and you get it for free. Can, can okay. I, I? I have one quick complaint about this card. Where's the Vigilance for Yoshin Soldier like uh, flavor? Come on. Is he a Yoshin Soldier? He's a Yoshin Soldier. You want to know why he doesn't have Vigilance? Because <laughs> they can't fit any more, any more words in that text box. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. This card's absurd. This card is ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, this... So what was your first thought when you saw this card? I mean, uh, my first thought was, uh, oh, my God, the second that this enters the battlefield, the game should uh, immediately end. <laughs> this card turning all of your artifacts into mock sapphires is is bonkers. It's bonkers. Like, yeah. It, this is, also, if somebody's like, oh, man, dude, this card, you know, you can't play this card. The new Karn is everywhere. Like, they'll no-rod you. They're going to no-rod your board. Yeah. Fuck you, random dude who's saying that. This card doesn't care if you shut off my artifacts. He's the one that taps the shit and adds blue. Not the That's artifacts. Right. He plays around what? no rod. He doesn't give a shit about no rod. He's so like, he guess comes... what? You're still deaded. You're gonna get deaded because I have all these mock sapphires and a built-in way to use that mana. Plus, I also made this fucking nine-nine. This card's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So I didn't realize this. If there's there's an infinite combo that immediately should win the game. Uh, I had like I had a paradox engine, which is whenever you cast a spell, untap all your lands. Uh, as the idea, mm-hmm. like you just need to like have Paradox Engine, your Construct, and three other artifacts, and you just win the game by casting your whole deck. Though I guess it kind of stops if you reveal a land. Um, and then I just realized, and then someone pointed out that Softer Sword just goes like mega infinite with this, yep. where you will have like you'll have infinite life, infinite guys, and cast your entire deck once Urza hits the board. <laughs> Great, like. What what like uh you know like what Tesserator deck doesn't want to run this card like it's super good. Is this card better than the Antiquities War? Yeah. Card this card yeah Antiquities War takes three turns to win the game. This comes down and the game's probably over. Yeah, the game. This card doesn't take three turns to win the game. 
he 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 costs four, but you're getting the car instruct, so you immediately have a follow up mana. Yeah, so you like, really have follow up benefits, not a ten ten. <laughs> even even if you were to pass turn, you still have then a bunch of mana. Assuming you you've built a deck even remotely resembling a deck that would abuse this card, you're gonna have a bunch of mana to easily two spell. Like if yeah. you're playing if you're playing fast mana because you're in the market to be playing artifacts and mana rocks, then he's gonna come down before turn four, and then he's also going to then pump out even like you're gonna he's a ritual. He's a fucking ritual. Well, yeah. So you know he triggers Psy and makes like if there's a Psy in play. Oh no, it's whenever he casts an artifact. Oh, whenever he casts like a historic spell. Never mind. Sorry. Never mind. Forget that. I thought there was whenever he casts a historic spell, makes an artifact. Um, no, but still, if I you mean, want like, if you wanted to be making artifacts the same way you can do uh, Sahili and make for all the non-creature stuff if you're yeah, yeah. if you're doing anything other than artifacts, but like I don't know, like just the the idea that this guy plus any form of Artifacts, whether they're disruption, whether they're fast mana. Uh, I mean, you were saying Thopter Sword. If you like went into that realm where you aren't even mono artifacts in your deck, you know, you're just like mostly artifacts in your deck. Like the idea that this thing can go, like, cast this thing and then you can just transmute artifacts for anything else immediately. Oh God, I didn't think of that. Mm -hmm. Probably, you know, right? Like, if you, you have at least one blue, right? So that's. I think that's pretty crazy. You have at least one blue. Um, I mean, there, there's like the pacing that this deck can go to get your Thopter Sword online if you wanted to is you can just go like Tomb Sword of the Meek, turn to Island Petal, crack, cast Urza, put the Construct, tap both things for uh, your transmute artifact, sack the sword for blue blue, put yeah. in the the uh, thing, the Thopter, Thopter Foundry, Foundry. Yeah. sack the Construct. That you you have the construct and then like it's a like from there you you have you've gone infinite. Yeah, that is um, that you they are dead. You are dead. I like that the artifacts are coming back as a thing. You know, or, or, I remember playing back in the day and like you always had to have like disenchant in your deck. Yeah, and I when I came back, it took me forever <laughs> to like take like disenchant effects out of my main deck. But boy, like there's a lot of good artifact synergies going on here. A five mana temporal aperture just is interesting too. I wonder if just this, if there's like this, like just shows up in in decks that make a lot of mana, like Nick Fit or something, like you know. Well, I was curious if this card makes it so that paradoxical outcome can become a thing in Legacy, because the whole point, like the fact that this turns all of your artifacts into mock sapphires, means that you essentially get to paradox engine through your. You should be able to paradox engine through your library, right? Not Paradox Engine, Paradox Outcome. Um, like Paradoxical Outcome with this guy, all of your artifacts. Yeah, are, like you could make you could make like Ornithopters into Moxes with this, which would be kind of interesting. Yeah, like I mean, let's say yeah. let's say you're just you're you're just playing. I'm gonna be on like Affinity Paradoxical Outcome with this dude, and then like your 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 failsafe is you just get to make your uh, uh, this guy with uh, all the Affinity dudes just makes a nine nine. Yeah, I, I think that the one four that makes a guy is actually really that's a pretty strong that's a pretty strong board presence like on its own without taking into account that it is like a combo machine on top of that, right? And he's he's a combo machine, and the construct is uh, is more often than not just be able to sit in front of a Gurmag angler and not give a shit. Yeah, and not yeah. to mention like he's not boltable. You can't bolt Urza, right? Like it's a one four. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like a one four is a pretty nice blocker. 
and uh, you know that doesn't even take into account what it makes, which could be something horrendous. Yeah, I like this card with Psy. I think it's really good. Um, you know, there's a, there's a redundant. There's a lot of these effects, but I think that Urza. I mean, people will play Urza because it's Urza. Dude, and... you could even with the paradoxical outcome version of whatever this thing would look like, you could even bounce the Urza to get another Karnstruct. <laughs> That's right. Though your Karns, you got to be careful. Oh, I guess as long as you leave the Karnstruct in the play, it'll stay. It'll stay. It'll be play. a one-one. It'll be a one-one. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I forgot you can't bounce tokens. Also, if you wanted to, if in in the the cool thing too about uh, in um, at least for modern, one of the like, very subtle things, but something that might actually be uh, relevant in terms of uh, how color intense your deck is, is uh, in a big a, a lot of a, an artifact matters deck in modern. You'd want to be playing Darksteel Citadel as the only artifact land that you can play. Mm-hmm. This guy making it so that your Darksteel Citadel can tap for blue is actually like a subtle thing if you're in like the market for Thopter Sword. Yeah, right, exactly. No, I, your affinity idea is really interesting. I think that just like putting this in, a, in, a, in a, like a deck with a lot of, you know, artifacts and just seeing like what you can, I mean, you could just incidentally put in, you incidentally, put, ah, sorry, you incidentally put in Thopter Sword, you incidentally put in like Crazy Mind's Desire ability with uh, just by having this in your deck with like Memnite and stuff, and which we, I think we is also really have, that, like We've talked about all of the combo applications of this card, but there's also just like, this could just be an insane like, like stacks card. Yeah, it's, it's like possible, if, I, if, sure. I, if I'm playing fast mana and chalice and trinisphere and whatever, and then I play this thing and he comes along with a six six, and then I can incidentally tap those artifacts that otherwise would just be sitting on the table for blue and like ramp out something bigger. Like holy shit. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think it's great. <laughs> I don't know where else to go. But we, I think I he's think... insane. Like I, I, I don't, I don't see a hole in the card other than like deck building requirements. Blue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like that he's a build around and not just like Urza, Lord High goes and everything. You know, it's it's a it's definitely a build around card, which I think is fitting of the uh, you know key player in in the Magic lore. So, all right, so on to on to the last card, Nate. What do you got? www.patreon.com slash eternal turtles and show your support brother yeah all right i am going to go with a red card we're going to go with seasoned pyromancer and now i gotta call it up here sorry everyone if i sound a little weird i just moved into my new house and uh, i don't have my computer set up yet so i'm on my phone um all right seasoned pyromancer is one red red for a two two creature human shaman when Season Pyromancer enters the battlefield, discard two cards, then draw two cards. For each non-land card discarded this way, create a 1-1 red elemental creature token. Uh, then, three red-red exile Season Pyromancer from your graveyard, create two 1-1 red elemental creature tokens. And this is a grown-up young Pyromancer wearing, wearing some sort of... Got a, he's got like an 8-pack. Yeah. <laughs> 
anyway, this this uh, he's got the goggles still and everything. He, he looks like you know the singer for like a metal band. But yeah, he definitely well, looks also, like he's, he's just logistically from a fantasy point of view. Obviously, every pyromancer is super ripped. They can just like turn up their body temperature, burn them calories if they feel like it. Yeah, for sure. So this was I, I saw this card and I was immediately I immediately was like this card's great. And I know, and I think that you know it's it's going to take some some work. But my my original thought was that I played so many of these you know Dega Mardu decks, whatever you want to call them, uh, that have played Bedlam Reveler. And this is, you know, as much we we talked a lot about Bedlam Reveler just as like an effect that should be better. And I think that Bedlam Reveler is just a little bit too unwieldy at times. And this is way less so. Like one red red is easy to cast. For sure, right? Mm-hmm. You always are drawing two. You don't always have to discard two. Like this is not discard. Then if you do draw two cards or something, so if you play this on empty board, it's just one red red divination two two. Um, if you have stuff to discard to it, you're making multiple bodies, putting stuff in your graveyard that you want to put in your graveyard, and you know getting fresh cards to replace them. Even though you don't get a token for lands, if you have three lands in play and you don't need more, who cares? You're just going to get fresh cards. Yeah. This The zone change test here is obviously hand to board, right? Two cards to the graveyard, two cards to your hand, and then like you know some ancillary board presence comes in. This, this is a lot of effects, you know. And well, yeah, it's, it's basically seven, right? Because you've, you've got the card coming to play. You've got yep. two cards that are discarded, two cards that are drawn, and two cards that hit the board that are just one ones. Right, right, and you know, obviously where I go with this is like I'm going to discard Cabal Therapy and immediately flash it back off one of the things I cast with it or something. Um, or you know, I mean, this thing—if you discard a Dread Return, this just casts your Dread Return, like yep. for one red red. <laughs> this just casts your Dread Return. Like you can you can you can play fair with it. You can play unfair with it, or have it as like an unfair finish for that reason. And then this th- then it just has this tacked on ability at the end. If you're like in a long if you're in a long game and this thing has been bolted or discarded to itself, you just exile it and get some extra value at instant speed. Man, instant magical, speed. magical Christmas land really is just going. <laughs> no 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 no. Hear me out for a second. Hear me out. Magical Christmas land. Really is like this guy also plays well with Rite of Flame if you're in like the market for your reanimator busted decks. Yeah. Uh, but this guy ideally is just trying to go what land lotus petal, Rite of Flame, cast this, discard your uh, discard Grizzle Dread Brand return and, Dread and your Grizzle Brand, and then flash <laughs> your back. Right, but could you imagine? Like that would be great. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think we're gonna try and and get some deck lists up um, with, with some of these ideas. And I think I'll just, I'll just use like the fair, the, just with this in the, where I would play it in the Bedlam Reveler spot. But um, like discarding is barely a cost. And, and the, the best thing too is like Bedlam Reveler really hurts if your opponent has a rest in peace or a um, uh, lay line of the void in play, because it's so hard to, to first remove that and then get up to six cards in your graveyard or even some amount of cards that you can cast it with. But this thing just works. It just works. Discard. Even if you discard your non-land cards into exile, you know, they make the tokens anyway. You can just discard, you know, stuff that is graveyard dependent and just power through with your with your four power on three bodies yeah. when they played a card that doesn't really matter against your four power. 
for three. And then like, the, the, I think like, and then the, the immediate modern application that this card has is this, I don't know if three mana is too much, but this has to just go right into dredge, right? Well, that was the thing I thought was so funny. Cause like cathartic reunion is one in a red and it, and it's discard two, then draw three. Um, and that's, that's great. And that's basically why dredge is busted in modern. This, this gets around like spell pierce and the new force of will for modern. That is non-creature spells only. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, so maybe it's worth boarding in in certain in certain matchups, you know. And, and like I said, if they have a leyline of the void, you just whatever. Who cares? This thing is on the board, you know. And this is also a hollow one style card as well. Like you know, like oh, look at that. Discard two cards, then draw two cards. Like yeah, you know, all that stuff fits into hollow one. I think the really interesting part about this card is if you play this, you know, we were talking about Bedlam Reveler. Both of these cards are great if you have an empty hand, right? But this one specifically, it says discard two cards, then draw two cards. This is a if you do draw two cards, you're gonna get two cards off of off of season pyromancer if you have an empty hand afterwards. Yeah, and if you have one card, even if you have one card in your hand that you can't get out of your hand, all right, you're just plus a card. Yeah. With a guy on the board, and if that card was non-land, then you also got another guy. Like there's there's so much going on here, and I really like that. I like that this that this card goes in that kind of in the you know sort of like a non-blue fair deck that is going to need to get some card velocity. Um, where those decks are going to struggle is with um, you know with needing land counts early and missing on early land drops. Um, but if you can solve for that, I think this card just provides a ton of value. I mean, at three, I'm just try- I'm just struggling to think. Like tireless tracker gets played. This is this is. You know, this is up. This is as on power level tireless tracker. Um, you know, Trinity Nemesis cost three. Trinity Nemesis cost three, and this is, you know, this is kind of bad for True Name, but I mean, like against True Name or uh, compared to it, but like maybe it's not. I mean, it's still so much. It's still so much card movement. I think and it's maybe one of those just draw your answer to True Name. <laughs> this card is going like at the three drop slot. If you're it. it Functionally looks bad up next to True Name, but that's because if you're playing fair, nothing's ever going to be better than True Name. They're just like the 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 loops that they would have to go through for something to be better than True Name as like playing fair card at three mana is I can't even imagine what what they would have to print. This card, if you're playing it over something like True Name, you're either not in blue or you are trying to abuse what he's enabling because him being that's a faithless exactly. looting. Him right. being a faithless looting attached to a two-two is your your he's an enabler, so you yeah. you have to abuse that because then if you, if you're trying to play fair with this guy and you're not in blue, then you're just handicapping yourself. Like, well, maybe I don't know about that. that. I don't know bring, about that. I was saying maybe this could be a card that like brings Jund a little bit back because going, oh, could you? you know, like this does everything that Jund wants to do, and that like it creates a bunch of bodies. It is value off the top when you're top checking. Um, but like, if you're playing fair and you're playing blue, you should just be playing true name. But I think this guy is infinitely more interesting than true name. Yeah. Well, I think also, you know, could you imagine cascading into this with a uh, bloodbird yeah. elf? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. um, that's just so much happening, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't think that I think this is the kind of thing that makes up for some of the the not the problems that the non-blue decks have, which is just you know, sort of outlasting in the end i mean this is still four bot this is still four power which is going to race true name you're in red so you can always like bolt 
them and put pressure on. Um, you can attack into it and they block this one. You just exile it from the graveyard and make more guys like, you know, there's so much going on with it that I think um, this is this is this is a little this is packed power for three job. But I like that it's different than Young Pyromancer in that it's like um, it's not like instant and sorcery dependent. Right. And that doesn't mean you wouldn't play instant sorcery in this deck with it. But like, you know, it's a different take on what a, on how the Pyromancer makes guys. Right. Yeah. Which I think is which I think is really cool. So. I'm gonna be working on it. This this guy, the fact that this is in the set with uh, bizarre guy is so interesting too. Right? Um, they're both three mana, make about the same amount of power, you know, move about the same amount of cards. Then you've got and Cabal so Therapist just waiting there for you to to abuse with this guy too. Yeah, that's some limited deck if you get that together. <laughs> Can you imagine? Get your Cabal Therapist, curve your Cabal Therapist, and your season Pyromancer. Yeah. Um, ridiculous. Well. I, this is a pretty short cast, but I think that, you know, that's a little taste of what we're going. But I, I'm just, I'm really excited. I think that this set has so many interesting designs. And when, I, when does I'm the, happy um, to continue talking about Urza. <laughs> <laughs> but when does the set fully spoil? Is that in two weeks? I think it's the end of next week. The end of next week. Okay, so then that means uh, likely uh, not, well, if, if you're, you're listening now, Monday. you're listening to Monday. So uh, hopefully by next Monday we'll have about half of it ready and then uh, we'll get the rest of it. So probably two weeks from now, two weeks from the day you're listening right now. It generally takes us about two and a half hours to get through, through a (laughs) uh, full spoiler, especially something this vast. Yeah. That was three cards in 30 minutes. So like, yeah, let's be honest. Three cards in 30 minutes. Yeah. And not every card is going to take 10 minutes each, but um, not every card is going to, there, there are going to be some, there are gonna be some things where we just, you know, are mentioning it to mention it, but um, there are gonna be so many cards that um, are gonna take a lot of. We're gonna do a lot of comparisons, I think, to existing cards, which is really interesting. Like, there's pluses and minuses on so many cards, you know, that that we can we can talk about for, jeez, hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have a list right now. We yeah, have a list, we're, we're, so there's yeah, there's right. tons there's tons to talk about for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, mean, uh, I guess the, the, I guess the. the Final thing I should do is uh, thank thank our patrons. Uh, you know we've got we've got a couple of new people on, on the patron uh, Patreon. Uh, is your so house burning down? What's going on? That, that's just New York, you know. What can I do? <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, uh, thank you to thank you to our patrons, and uh, uh, you know we've got some T-shirts to get out there again. Uh, just so everyone out there knows, if you pledge over twenty dollars to us uh, over the course of your lifetime as a uh, patron on on our Patreon at eternaldurnals.patreon.com um, or patreon.com slash eternaldurnals, um, uh, we'll send you a T-shirt. That's 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 what we're doing these days. So uh, if you if you've always wanted a uh, Eternal Durnals T-shirt, uh, you know they're pretty high quality uh, as far as T-shirts are concerned. They're not like bad band T-shirts that like are that chafe. Yeah, right. Um, know. You know, I uh, rather like it. You know, get get out there and uh and support and support your local podcast. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I think I think we're set. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about some other stuff next week, and then the week after that, you'll likely be seeing a pretty long spoiler episode. Uh, yep. Arc Major's Charm is everything. <laughs> right, that'll be first because it's the first alphabetically. Yeah, A is for yeah. Arc Mage. All right, uh, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, have a great weekend or week. Stop!
Where does he get those wonderful toys? <laughs> 